are listening to Thought Starters, a soon-to-be-launched podcast about the business of creativity recorded here at White City Place. I'm Ellie Stuhler. We're working hard on assembling the best and brightest of London's creative industries for the launch of this fine podcast, which is coming your way in just a few weeks. But in the meantime, a little something different. We invited our friends at No Such Thing as a Fish, a podcast by the writers of BBC's QI, to do a live recording of their show at the launch of MediaWorks here at White City Place. If you've never heard the podcast, it is an absolutely hilarious smorgasbord of facts guaranteed to make you smarter, albeit in a pleasantly absurd and unexpected way. The following is from a live recording from the event. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Are you well? Oh, come on. We can do better than that. (laughs) Are you well? Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time out from the wine to sit down and listen to us. we are, as, as Joy just mentioned, we're a podcast that uh, you, can, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're called No Such Thing as a Fish. We started about three years ago. We are, uh, the four of us, right on the TV show QI. And uh, the whole idea of the podcast is just conversation, sitting around and sharing our favorite bits of information. So all of you, I'm guessing, uh, probably haven't heard our show. So just give you an idea of the kind of things we talk about. It's just stuff that you think, how the hell did I not know that? So, for example, did anyone here know that in 1983, it was illegal to tell fruit jokes in Zimbabwe? <laughs> did you know that? It's illegal to tell fruit jokes, right? Now, the reason was, is because it was annoying the president of the time. Does anyone know what the president's name was? President Banana, right? <laughs> did anyone know there was a President Banana? Yeah, like, yeah, only like one person. How is it that no one in this room knows that there was a President Banana? That should be, if someone's like, name three presidents, you'd be like, Clinton, Obama, Banana. That should be right at the top, and for some reason, it's not. So we started looking into President Banana. Terrible guy, really, really bad, uh, very uh, oppressive, and people hated him. He got kicked out of power because he got caught sexually assaulting his male bodyguard. So it was terrible for the male bodyguard, but it was amazing for the people of the country because suddenly he was out of power and the law went down. You could make jokes again. So the newspapers had a field day. Man assaulted by banana. It was, it was brilliant, right? <laughs> now here's the best bit of the story. Uh, while President Banana was still in power, while that law was still up, he decided to come over to the UK to make a visit where he was introduced to Prince Philip. So... <laughs> Quickly connect those two dots. You've got a man who's made it illegal to make fun of him being introduced to a guy who literally insults every person he comes into contact with, right? And this is what happened when they were introduced to each other. The person who introduced him said, President Banana, I'd like you to meet Prince Philip. Prince Philip, this is President Banana. And Philip said to him, President Banana, lovely to meet you. Tell me, did you come on your own or are there a bunch of you? Is that the best line ever? I mean, he says a lot of bad stuff, but that's a huge tick. That's a massive one. So those are the things we kind of like to talk about on our show. Um, you guys must have examples, right? This is James, Andy, and Anna, and I'm Dan. Uh, James, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I like, I was reading this morning that last year's um, Hero Dog of the Year award was won by a cat. <laughs> 
which must have been a kick in the face for all the dogs who won. <laughs> that must have time. been the most terrified cat as it came onto stage to accept <laughs> the award. Just a room of angry dogs going, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Andy, have you got anything? I'm still obsessed with your Prince Philip impression, which is the, it's so inaccurate, and yet it gets across... Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, the, I, so I had a, I found a fact recently. This is an experiment that scientists are doing in Botswana at the moment. Farmers in Botswana uh, who rear cattle—they're all painting eyes on the bottoms of their cows so that the cows won't be hunted by lions, because what? the lions see the cows and they think, "Oh, the cow's staring at me with its massive." <laughs> Arse eyes, <laughs> and they back off, and they've tr- they're doing trials, and none of the cows are being eaten anymore by cattle. So they're going to roll this out across the country. I wow. can't believe so. Lions will only ever attack a cow if it's not facing them. Yeah, I really? think they're basically cowards. Because yeah. I, st- I still think a lion could take a cow, even even <laughs> head on. It reminds me of that thing. Who was it? Was it Rothschild who had a zebra he brought over to the UK, and he wanted to see if he could have it mate with his ass, with his donkey. <laughs> <laughs> And it was having absolutely none of it. And so the way that he did it was he painted stripes on his ass and it worked. And really? the donkey had sex with the ass. Wow. Okay. Now, come on. <laughs> ass is a perfectly normal word. Um, Anna, have you got something? Uh, yeah, so just you reminded me because you mentioned President Banana. I found yep. out this week that President Lincoln had a kind of aphasia, which meant he basically used to fall asleep but look like he was still awake. No. So you'd be talking to him and he'd be unconscious, but he looked like he was awake. I think it's related to epilepsy. I never knew that. And also his wife used to, like, assault him. So there are loads of accounts of her throwing his shoes at him, throwing her coffee at him, throwing furniture at him. Wow. He was just constantly having stuff thrown at him by his wife. Wow. His wife, there was a massive scandal, wasn't there? Because she, I think she spent a lot of money she wasn't supposed to spend, and she thought she could get away with it by selling all the manure that they made in the White House because they had a lot of animals there. And right. so she sold it, and there was a massive kind of problem at the time. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Do you think we should try and pawn all the shit in the White House again? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically, those are just a few examples of things we've mentioned before yeah. on the show. We thought what we would do today, while you're all here... Now, clearly, all of you in this room do spend your entire day chatting to people, mainly to people you don't know, in an attempt to sort of make sure that it's not an awkward afternoon together and you're obviously doing your jobs and you want to sell stuff. And as we all know, when you're chatting to someone you don't know, the conversation dries up nonstop. There's just always moments where it <laughs> Dan lulls. is a terrible conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time, it dries up. So what we thought is maybe we could just find the best facts that we could and give them to you today in the next 15 minutes that you could use for the future afternoons that you have when you're selling properties to people who you haven't met before. So... Although we s- some of these facts will make things much more awkward if you bring them up, <laughs> apropos of nothing. So just be aware of that. Um, so, well, Andy, why don't we start with you? Okay. Uh, so one of my facts is that Finnish budget meatballs have so little meat in them that they've had to be officially renamed balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's just... And that's going to help these people to sell property. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was about a year ago they did it. Basically, there's, yeah, there's just so little meat. They, they, it's all, and it's all kind of mechanically reclaimed. And under Finnish law, you're not allowed to say that this is meat anymore. So, so you yeah. just have balls for dinner. Balls it's for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you know that it's um, National Meatball Day is coming up quite soon? No, um, amazingly, is... I did not know that. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's in America. I think it's at the start of March. So it means that if you go on the news at the moment and search for meatballs, there's loads of great stuff out there. <laughs> um, I saw an interview with a guy called Johnny Meatballs. 
okay? <laughs> He's a YouTuber and he has a YouTube channel that's just about meatballs. Uh, and they said to him, what will you be doing to celebrate National Meatball Day? And he said, I'll be doing the same things I do every day, making meatballs and eating them. <laughs> and they said, have you ever met a meatball that you don't like? And he said, probably not. In my experiences, I've always been able to find a redeeming quality in a meatball. Although I did have one recently with peanuts in it, and that was a little bit weird. But I'd rather not talk about that. <laughs> is wow. it just a coincidence that his name is Johnny Meatballs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I he must have changed it. Yeah. Okay. I love the thing of, um, so the renaming of the meatballs. I love finding examples of r things being renamed because obviously it's not working out. And so there's a, there's a beach in Australia that's now called Safety Beach, um, which um, <laughs> a lot of people go to, but they didn't used to go to it because it was called Shark Bay originally. <laughs> <laughs> and they obviously had a meeting going, this Shark Bay thing's not working out. <laughs> what about Super Safety Beach? <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a tiny village in Sweden that I found out about recently called Fjukby, which is F-J-U-C-K-B-Y. So they petitioned to change their name and failed to, sadly. But because not only does it look like the F word to British people, so British tourists go there, but also the word J-U-C-K in Swedish means pelvic thrust. <laughs> so <laughs> name is rude in two different ways. Maybe. Oh. Yeah, um, there is a there's a place in Austria, isn't there, called Fucking, and they have to um, put their signs. They have They're to put it in concrete, concrete yeah. yeah, because British people just keep going over and nicking it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they've also they managed to sell lager, like Hell's Lager. You know, you have like Camden Hell's and stuff, and they sell fucking Hell's Lager. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, so how about you, James? Have you got? A good uh, what about this one? In 1996, two neighbours in Devon spent a year hooting at owls, unaware they were actually hooting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the start of such a beautiful romance. <laughs> how did they find out? Do you know? Uh, I think they went to lo the local newspaper, actually. They were getting closer and closer to the owl. <laughs> I think this I'm going to get within three feet of the owl tonight. <laughs> then they just bumped into each other. <laughs> uh, Anna, have you got one? Yeah, so just, so just on owls, actually. Did you know that the only material that owls use to build their nests is their own vomit? What? So no. they can't be bothered to build nests, they just steal other people's, and then the only thing they do to make it look a bit better, maybe this is a good tip for if you're selling a, selling a property, <laughs> is they vomit all over it to make a nice soft surface to lay their eggs on. Right. Yeah, it's nice. That's um, good. But yeah, no, my, so one of my favourite facts is that for the last three months of his life, US President James Garfield ate everything through his anus, and this was because he'd been shot... And at the time, if you couldn't eat naturally, so when today you'd have to be fed through a tube, uh, that would kill you back in the olden days. And they didn't have the technology, so you got fed up the bum instead. And he was fed anally for three months. And he was fed great stuff, so he was fed... <laughs> <laughs> what, we've got the menu? The <laughs> anal menu that he's... <laughs> yeah, he only ever got his favourites. Um, wow. So he got beef bouillon, I think, and um, champagne. I think they used to give champagne a lot up the bum to... No. <laughs> suffering people, yeah, which could be uncomfortable with the bubbles. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they fed, him, they fed him eggs as well. They did, yes. But we don't, we don't know whether it was scrambled or boiled or... or a hard-boiled egg would be... You'd be upset that they'd pick that option, wouldn't it's you? It's so unfair. This man, this man was president of the USA, and all we're doing is spreading the one fact about him that 
doesn't reflect well on him. No. He could. Oh yeah, wasn't he the guy who he could write in Latin and Greek, but he also could yes. write with his right and left hand, and he could also manage to separate his mind so he could do both Latin and Greek in each hand at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Useless. Dead languages. Don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he campaigned in two languages as well. I think he campaigned in English and in German. Really? Yeah. Wow. Silly in America, really. Yeah. But, um, but after after he was shot, because the medical situation was very bad then, obviously, no technology, and not e- I think even pre-hand washing. So lots of doctors were just kind of prodding at the, the bullet hole in him, and one thing they suggested was hanging him upside down and hoping the bullet fell out. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do that. But didn't they get a metal detector? Yes, yeah. Alexander, Alexander Graham Bell invented a sort of prototype metal detector to turn, sense exactly where in his body the bullet had gone. But, but unfortunately, <laughs> he was lying on a metal bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it was literally beeping the whole way. <laughs> and my theory is, is that Alexander Graham Bell turned around to the others and went, I think the president's a robot. Because <laughs> he was literally... And they also invented the, um, the air conditioning system, basically, off the back of it as so, well. Yeah. yeah. It's really odd. It's worth looking into that as a, as a territory. They did um, say that doctors have said that he would... So he died. He would have been released from hospital after two days today uh, so he was only killed by the doctors plunging inside him really? trying to look for the bullet in him but his doctor was called Dr. Doctor as in his first name was Doctor and he was a doctor <laughs> he was called Dr. Dr. Willie Bliss wow, <laughs> wow. he's very much the Johnny Meatballs of his day <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, I've got one I was looking into uh, construction sites um, and I found this thing which is very interesting uh, Spanish construction workers recently accidentally destroyed a 6,000 year old Neolithic tomb that looked like a picnic table and replaced it with a brand new and better looking picnic table. <laughs> and it was this huge mistake. It was just a total... And you can see a photo of it and it does look like a really dodgy picnic table and it was actually the oldest artifact they had oh. from that period. Yeah. But the, actually the new picnic table looks really nice as well. <laughs> and much more useful for the actual meals. Things don't roll off or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there um, was a guy in Sydney last year who, just speaking of things being accidentally destroyed, who got a phone call when he was at work from his neighbour saying, hey mate, um, I think your house is being pulled down and he thought that the guy was joking and he wasn't and his house was being accidentally pulled down because they got the wrong address and he came home and his house had been demolished. And quite sweetly, the demolition company uh, rocked up and said, we are so sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) And and he said... I think that's the least they could do, really. (laughs) But he said, in return, he immediately said, oh, well, this is the kind of thing we'll be laughing about quite soon. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great, just speaking of Australia, do we have any Aussies in the room, by the way? One yeah. Aussie. Okay, so uh, Mount Kosciuszko, biggest mountain in Australia, right? So Mount Kosciuszko, uh, it, is, it is known as the biggest mountain. It's always been the biggest mountain, but they did initial surveys originally about Mount Kosciuszko, said this is the biggest mountain, all good. And then we got better at working out how to actually measure mountains. And they suddenly discovered that the mountain next to Mount Kosciuszko was taller, and this is back in the 30s, it was called Mount Townsend. So this huge meeting where they're going, we've totally messed up. All our school books say that this is the tallest mountain. Everything just says this is the tallest mountain. And someone went, well, let's just swap names. And they did, they just swapped the names. <laughs> so Mount Townsend is now the other one and it's now still the tallest <laughs> mountain. Isn't that awesome? Why didn't they put stuff on it? That would have been much easier than swapping names, I think, because that could still be confusing. If they just put a pile of earth on top of it... I think it was quite considerably taller. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found out recently the shortest mountain in Japan is 14 feet high. 
above yeah. sea level. You said that in the office. And yeah, and you didn't believe me at all. I still you don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, they have very slack regulations on what counts as a mountain, basically. <laughs> A um, table. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> it's just a pile of earth, basically, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, have you got another one, Anna? Yeah, sure. What else do I like? Uh, I like the fact that when the first ballpoint pen was launched in the US, people were so excited that riot police had to be deployed. Um, so this is a huge moment in American history. It was in 1945, so you'd have thought they had bigger things to be celebrating. <laughs> but <laughs> there was... Uh, this guy called Milton Reynolds had, uh, he'd actually sort of stolen the ballpoint pen idea from Laszlo Byro, who was trying to release his proper one. Johnny Meatballs. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he released it into shops and people were so excited that uh, 5,000 people stormed the shop on the first day. 50 extra policemen had to be deployed to stop them from trampling each other. Wow. Wow. That happened in the first library in the UK as well. It was in Manchester. They Did opened it? the first library and they had to get riot police out at the checkout desk because so many people wanted to get books out. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wait, were the right police at the checkout desks doing the beep? <laughs> no, they only have one librarian and he was called Edward Edwards. Nice. Really? Wow. He must have been annoyed at the dozens of right police standing around uselessly <laughs> while he was trying to rush through those beeps. Do you remember so remember last year um, Black Friday finally arrived mm. properly in a massive way in England? And so obviously based on how we were seeing it in America with all these huge riots every time they open a shop, everyone thought, okay, this is going to be absolutely crazy. We need extra security and so on. And so in order to cope with the rush that they were expecting in Birmingham, Birmingham's main shopping center opened three hours early just to make sure it was okay. But in the end, the only shop with a queue was Greg's. That's so, <laughs> so British. <laughs> uh, here's a fact from the 1980s. The National Giant Vegetable Championships uh, had to move venues in the mid-80s as the pumpkins started getting too big to fit through the doors. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Yeah, so awesome, when you're talking it? about door space with someone, you can say, oh, make sure you're not having any pumpkin uh, <laughs> award ceremonies here. Might come in useful, you never know. These yeah. are huge. The giant vegetable competitions are massive. And they've been in the news recently as well. Because um, So the Archers, you know, the, the Archers, the radio series, they have an annual conference of academics about the Archers. And Archers fans go along, and it's really huge. Anyway, there was a speech about giant vegetable awards in the real world at the Archers conference. And I just love this so much. So they had a speech about giant vegetables and skullduggery because it's a massive problem. Mm. Skullduggery. Huge uh, skullduggery situation. Um, what's skull... I, is that... I thought that was like a pirate's thing. Yeah, what? it was cheating. Cool. <laughs> Carry on, Andy. Okay. You're welcome, everyone else. Uh, yeah. Okay, just get this. This is quoting directly from the, the conference. In one of the most heinous acts, a competitor in the longest runner bean contest was disqualified after it was discovered that their entry was, in fact, two runner beans stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> they just snipped the ends off and glued the runner beans together and hoped that the judges wouldn't go all the way along. <laughs> But why stop with two? Yeah. Yeah, true. They could have gone hundreds of runner bees. It's true, yeah. But I think that would have aroused suspicion after a while. Just um, yeah. Here's a cool thing I read about um, living spaces. In China, I read this in a Paul Theroux book, in China, they discovered that 30 million people were living in caves. 
and they didn't know about it. It was out in. in <laughs> they a, must have known about no, it. No, they didn't because they, they. Well, the people living <laughs> there knew. Yeah. This um, is a cave. Oh, no, how embarrassing. And the and the government. So the government didn't know that third. And and still what? the number is massive. But when they found out that they were living in caves, rather than relocating them to built up uh, brand new buildings, they relocated them to better caves. Oh. And the, genuinely, and there's a there's a, a huge thing in China of cave design where they have architects who build these sort of mansion-sized caves with like 52 rooms and you have communities of families living inside all like a like a massive building it's really insane wow. so yeah like over 30 million still living in caves and eric cantona grew up in a cave <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely true that does sound like i made that up but that's <laughs> he grew up yeah his grandparents uh they found a cave and they lived in there and then they turned it slowly into a house and his parents lived there and then he was born there and raised in it oh, people uh, people lived in caves during, uh, in britain during the second world war the chiselhurst caves in kent lo- uh, about yeah. fifteen thousand people all moved there and there are still boards up saying these are the rules of the cave which you have to obey <laughs> they're really cool my so they are really fun the chiselhurst caves go yeah. into and you have to go to the proper place where they let you in now but yeah. my mom when she was growing up had one of the entrances to it in her back garden and they could just go down into this underground network of tunnels under London whenever they wanted to. Whoa. That is yeah, cool. Fun. Yeah, fun. But people lived in caves in Scotland in until the early 20th century. There were just loads of people up in Caithness, up in the in upper Caithness? Island. No. No. Caith- no. I'd never thought about that. Caithness. Oh, right. Caithness and Sutherland. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe that's where it came from. But yeah, and a doctor once went to visit them to investigate what they were like and they were all just happily, nakedly loitering around living like cave people. Wow. Cool. Yeah. We're going to have to wrap up very shortly, so maybe a few more... Uh, conversational nuggets to throw in before we go? Okay, I'm not quite sure how this is going to get into conversation, but (laughs) the phrase, why is my poop green, is Googled most often between 5am and 6am in the morning. (laughs) 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 I read that in 1895, the only two cars in Ohio crashed into each other. (laughs) How? <laughs> and what did they say? Oh, you came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> um, have you guys got any more before we go? Oh, I've always liked this one. Uh, for the Queen's coronation in 1953, people were so excited about it and about watching it on television that loads of people dressed up as televisions for the event. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. So I mean, not loads, not millions, but, you know, <laughs> enough that I can read it out and it's true. That's the important thing. <laughs> Uh, Anna, have you got any? Uh, there's just th- something I read this week is that a dermatologist in New York has admitted that he has removed the same tattoo of the same girl's name off the same man's buttocks twice now. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> so sad. <laughs> it's really going to work the second time round. <laughs> um, I've got one last one before we go, and this is actually a fact about conversation, and it's that... Uh, So we have all these languages in the world, something like over 6,000 languages, but many of them are going extinct very quickly. They're just dying out and dying out. And in some cases, there's only a handful of speakers left alive who still speak that language. Now, there's a language in New Mexico called Zoc, and Zoc only has two people left alive who speak it. Right? They're the only two people left who speak it. So as soon as they die, that's it. It's gone forever. Um, it's not going to be brought up by anyone else because we don't really need it as a language. So that's a really sad thing that's going to happen. But here's the thing. Due to an argument they had five years ago, they're no longer talking to each other. <laughs> Zock's just out on the way, and we don't know what they argued about. <laughs> we can't help. 
Um, okay, that's that's it. Um, we we have a weekly podcast that goes up on iTunes, and um, that pod downstairs looks amazing. It's a really exciting time for podcasts in the UK. It's really coming up in a massive way. So um, hopefully, if you haven't actually heard one uh, yet, this kind of gives you an idea. I mean, you, you should have been closing your eyes to get a real idea of what it was like, <laughs> but that's kind of what it is. It's just interesting chats that go up online. So thank you so much uh, for listening to us. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us here, and thank you, Joy. And yeah, have a good rest of your day, guys. See you later. And there you have it. I don't know about you, but I feel positively enlightened knowing what I know now. As I mentioned earlier, we're opening our doors at White City Place for young brands, storytellers, and entrepreneurs who want to record their own podcasts free of charge here at White City Place. For more, you can find us online at White City Place, email us at podcasting at whitecityplace.com, or find us on Twitter or Instagram at White City Place. Get in touch, and don't forget to rate, comment, and hit subscribe on this podcast in iTunes. We'll see you next time. Thank you.